my interest uh, when I was younger, part of it was uh, part of my interest in graphic novels when I was a kid or, or, or part of the reason I, I started reading them a lot was my parents were just frustrated because I didn't read much and they saw that I liked reading comic books so they said if you read them you know we'll buy them so it was uh, a good bargain I think for both of us I got a lot of comic books I ended up reading more than I would have if it had been standard books and my parents, you know, got me interested in reading. And, you know, even comic books, every once in a while, you run into words you don't know or concepts that are um, outside of your direct worldview. So they, they, I wouldn't put them in an educational category, but there's, there's more education, there's more insight in them than I think, certainly back then, people gave them credit for. When you're young, you don't really think about it much. It's just, you know, that's the way the prevailing culture is. Everything you see, all the people who uh, have any kind of import are, you know, older, straight, white males. And, you know, again, when you're a kid, that's fine. There definitely came a point later, both because they started to introduce characters of color and how I related to them. You know, you could feel that difference instantly. Um, and also, just as you get older, you start to realize that the, the, the makeup of the prevailing culture, you know, the way that it's um, dispensed, you know, does not really reflect all of society and all of the world and things like that. And, and you know, for me, I'll just say for me, it's, it starts to bother you because you just realize that it's not merely um, set up that way, but there's, you know, a cascade effect of, of inequality and perceptions and how one feels about oneself and things like that. So early on, you know, they're fine, they're fun, and then, yeah, they're, they're year by year uh, a frustration not just with comic books, but with all media and, and, and all images, um, everything, the world around you, you just you, you feel shut out. And I think it's hard for people to understand that because you talk about that sometimes. People go, oh, what's the big deal? Or, you know, why does it matter? Or, you know, you shouldn't just hire people because of their color. No, you shouldn't. But all things being equal, you know, it's good for young girls to see women in positions of power. It's good for kids of color to see people of color in positions of um, influence. Um, it's good for everybody, and there's certainly enough room at the table that everybody should have a seat. You know, part of it was a reaction to growing up and not seeing a person of color um, in, in a, a lead comic book, you know, as, as the lead of a graphic novel series. Um, certainly as I got older, there were more, and there are more now, but when you really think about it, how many lead characters of color are there? They're not as many as one would think, um, given that it's 2019. So for me, it was um, really a combination of things that I found interesting. Uh, it was history, it was set in the past. Um, it was meant to be speculative history of what it would be like if a person of color with almost unlimited ability showed up. I mean, I think you can guess what the reaction from some people would be. Um, it was a reaction to not seeing characters of color. And it just, to me, it, it seemed like a way to talk about issues that unfortunately are still relevant today, about race, class, identity, perception, power, responsibility, but not wag a finger at a modern audience and say, well, you know, that was back in the early 1970s. Uh, the first part was in the 60s, the second part was in the 70s. So, you know, people who are relatively aware will understand that if it was relevant then it's relevant now and other people 
you're like, oh, okay, well, he's just talking about the 60s. It's fine. I can read that. I'm not, you know, it's not an indictment of me. It's what was going back in the day, going on back in the day. Certainly elements of social justice, and part of that's just sort of baked into the equation. If you read the, the graphic novel series, it is about race and it is about identity, and I, I, I don't want to strip those things away, but I, I do want to offer them up in a visual way that is engaging, that is, you know, fun and interesting, and just find that balance. You know, you look at um, films like whether it's Wonder Woman or Black Panther, you know, they're, they're certainly constructed for the, the, the largest audience possible, and they certainly achieved that. Um, and they did it, you know, with, with you know, a modulation of race or gender politics. You know, they weren't overly heavy-handed with them. You know, they, they certainly just by the characters themselves, they represented it. But also, you know, as, as a mass product, they don't want to overdo it. So, you know, this is going to be a smaller film. It's going to be a um, more genre-specific so to me, you know, there's an opportunity to lean into to, to race, into history, into racism and things like that. Um, so I look at it, you know, the, what, what, sort of what Spike did with Black Klansmen, where for a Spike Lee movie, you know, easily one of the most successful, one of the most entertaining, one of his best films. But at the same time, you, you don't walk away from it going, well, geez, Spike, you could have put a little bit more in there about race or about social dynamics. He was Spike being Spike but found a way to, to do it that um, reached you know, probably his largest audience. And with one of his best films, which is great for Spike all the way around. You know, for me, it was just over the last bunch of years, the, the stories that I've been telling, you know, 12 Years a Slave and Red Tails and American Crime and Guerrilla and all of them had elements of social justice or people yearning for a better society and taking it upon themselves to try to enact that society in, in different ways. Um, and I could see how people were moved by these stories or engaged by the stories. I just think with art, you know, if you sit down and you talk to people about social justice, if you even say it, there's some people who try to take that phraseology and turn it into a pejorative. Um, so if you remove the words, if you remove uh, the specifics, and whether it's art as dance or music or uh, paintings or drawings, you know, people are, you can just look at this drawing over here and the power and the impact, just looking at it, you know, it, it, when you remove some of the drier aspects of these things, very important, facts are important, statistics are important, um, as much as some people want to, you know, deny them in, in, in 2019, they're incredibly important, but Art hits people in a way that facts and figures and statistics and talking alone doesn't, and I've witnessed that. So if I can marry those empathetic responses with a desire to move people instantly to work towards change, and the great thing about doing this is, you know, it's a one-to-one -one relationship. We're sitting with people directly, we're talking to people directly, and when they're moved directly, it's really easy to then direct them over here or talk to this individual because they run an organization that does this. These folks are looking for volunteers. These folks over here can give you more information. It just seemed like a way to take that communal experience that we normally apply to art, sitting in a movie theater, sitting in a theater, walking through a gallery with other people, taking that communal experience, experience nexusing that around social change 
and then activating people as, as readily as possible when they're in that mood, when they're in that space, when they feel that need to give in to their better angels, their better selves. You know, can we do that as instantaneously as possible? That's what we want to do in this space. You know, I mean, for me, I think the only thing that was really fascinating was just the timing of it all. You know, in the 80s, Japan was in ascension, and there was just so much fear that, to me, was misguided. And, uh, you know, I don't consider myself special, but there are people who are like, hey, I'd rather know things and have a sense of what the country and, and folks are like and, and all of Asia than just assume that, you know, America is, is going to succumb to some other country, you know, we're always afraid, you know, in the 70s it was the Saudis, the 80s it was Japan, now it's China, and, you know, we're, we're, we're all still here, you know. So I, I just feel like we're a little more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. So that was part of it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't go much to, to Asia. I think that the interest was more when I was in college and it was part of, you know, it was part of my course of study. Um, and, it, you know, it was, I think, like somebody who studied to become a lawyer and then decided they want to become a fitness trainer. You know, they found something else that fits their lifestyle a little bit better. It's not that they love the law or hate the law. It was just something that they did because they thought it was going to be a big part of their life and it, and it wasn't, wasn't as much as it, they thought it would be. To be honest, I don't think I would say anything to my younger self. You know, I was, you know, 20 years old, 20 to now. A lot of mistakes, a lot of things I've done wrong, certainly a million things I wish I could do over. But at the same time, I'm sitting here speaking with you. So in and among all those uh, things that I got wrong, you know, maybe I got a few things right. And maybe I figured a few things out. And part of that is taking that journey and stumbling and falling and getting smacked in the head and all of those things to arrive to a place where you know, maybe I, I am just a little bit smarter, or maybe I am just a little bit more patient or more giving or, or what have you. Um, if you go back in time and you tell yourself those things, do you, you know, I mean, you get into these movie sort of uh, time travel paradoxes, but um, I, I think I probably would, would, would let myself make those mistakes in the hopes that I could replicate this and then learn from them, be a slightly better person, or at least try to do more so that truly better people can have more effect and more impact in the world that we live in.